Hello everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host Andrew and as usual I'm joined by my co-host Mick. Who seems to have fallen. Shazam. <laughs> is this the Black Adam episode? It is the Black Adam episode, Mick. All right, can you wake me up for the next one? Yeah, I'll wake you up in the next few thousand years for the next episode. That's option A. Solid, solid, I like it. Okay, right, option B. Okay, who's we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. Ah, actually, can I correct you there? I'd like to be known from henceforth as Hello Mick, for no apparent reason, but just a tenuous throwback to a line earlier in the podcast. No, no see, Mick, what you need to do <laughs> is you need to wait until the end of the episode. And that's when you say, actually... Well, I... I, was, I was really struggling for tenuous throwbacks to earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I mean, from your intro, there's not much in the way of throw a line, uh, throwaway lines that I can do an earlier throwback to. I'm sorry, would you like me to rewrite the intro, but also shove in some arbitrary cameos? Maybe. Maybe that's an idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe just have, I don't know, the, the squadron of justice appear. Yeah. And other beloved DCEU super teams. Hang on. Did you just use beloved and DCEU in the same sentence? Well, I'm quite fond of the Suicide Squad. That, that's one out of however many. Ah, hold on. Quite fond of the Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad? Oh, I, no, the the Suicide Squad. The the Suicide. Is, is that the ones that went on to have a host of indie successes? Avant-garde musicians. Hey, the, speaking of earlier callbacks, it's been a while since we've had a the the reference. Said the nineteen eighty. So yes. Today, we, we are both incredibly excited to be beholding yeah. Black Adam, the 2020... I, I'll be honest with you, uh, Andrew. I don't think a superhero or comic book-based movie has had me this excited since someone proposed the possibility of uh, a combat action weekly cinematic universe i don't even know what that is it was war comics that came out in the like 1960s and 70s and all the comics were about the same thing war huh. what is it good for well a weekly based action yeah. comic <laughs> there's about 22 pages a week apparently oh no 
No, it was more, they were really thick because they were done in like sort of quarter of an A4 size. They were like a pocket. They were literally a pocketbook. But yes, they'd have been about 24 to 30 pages as an A4 comic or as a normal size comic. But in a pocketbook, they were like thicker than bread. Uh, God, that, that does sound like a boring load of over-the-top manly men just destroying bad guys without any real problems. Anyway, yes. Black Adam! Yes. <laughs> so this is I... the 2022 film directed yeah. by I think it's pronounced Jaume Colitzera, written by Adam Zitzakiel, Rory Haynes, and Sorab Nushirivani, and based on the DC character created by Otto Binder and CC Beck. Yes. And of those, I'm pretty confident I pronounced CC correctly. And the others are anyone's guess. Indeed. They've not made podcasting for this easy, have they? No, it's... I don't think I've ever seen, like, a creative team that deliberately designed to trip me up. Well, you know, it's not going to get podcasters on their side, is it? Making it almost impossible to pronounce their uh, cast and crew. I... Is it that's almost impossible, one... or is it just Andrew impossible? That's 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 not going to knock our top spot for any uh, any amount of sickness, is it? No, actually, yeah, I... maybe that's maybe that's the secret to beating a history of violence: is just have your film directed by Bob, just Bob, yeah, just Bob, starring Bob Bobson. As Aquaman. <laughs> anyway, it's usually about this time that you ask me what 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 what's my familiarity with Black Adam. I'll save you the bother. This film. Well, I mean, surely you've seen the film Shazam, and have access to a black felt tip pen. Yeah, you see. This is the problem with this podcast because this is this this film is basically a B-list version of your least favorite comic trope, isn't it? This is what if B-list Superman went bad. It is, and in fact, I think it technically falls under the purview because Black Adam was created as part of Fawcett Comics in the nineteen forties. Right. Which is the company that came up with Captain Marvel, who is now known as Shazam. And Captain Marvel was created as a very clear Superman knockoff. And Black Adam is just evil Captain Marvel. Therefore, Black Adam is just another evil Superman. Yeah. Well, I And see... actually, actually, when you think about it, because he still kills bad guys but just more from a revenge than a justice perspective. So he's actually slightly naughty Superman. I mean, but is it grouchy Superman? Well, grouchier Superman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, we've, we've also maybe already stumbled upon one of my big complaints about this film. Yeah, <laughs> one of. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll mention it now because I'm sure what happens to get into. We could be in for a long podcast here, listeners. But yeah, this is so much a film that wants you to believe that, oh, Black Adam, he's an anti-hero. He's not like these squeaky clean goody two-shoes like Superman. Superman would never do anything like, like you know, snap his main villain's neck at the end of his debut film. <laughs> You, you wouldn't see Batman driving around just machine gunning people in his Batmobile. No. You wouldn't Odding see the Odding entire Odding Justice League just beat the crap out of Steppenwolf and then slice his head off. No. this These things would never happen. That's what sets them apart as heroes, right? Exactly. <laughs> what an what a ill-thought-out concept. <laughs> Maybe Alan Moore was right all along. Maybe he was. Maybe comics were a mistake. Anyway, just to just to give a little bit of background on uh, Black Adam, then. So he was essentially the ancient Egyptian version of Captain Marvel. Kind of got his powers from the Wizard Shazam, but then he decided, actually, being Pharaoh looks like fun. I'm going to do that instead. And then Shazam was like, nope, you've been a naughty sausage, so he banished him. Oh, and... hang on. That's my previous experience of Black Adam. X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. Yes, there you go. I... See, I wanted to take you to task on that. And then there was a scene in this film in which <laughs> our superheroes leave their wealthy country estate to get into their highly advanced jet and fly off to go fight their resurrected ancient opponents. And I had to admit that maybe you have a bit of a point. You see, that's the only reason I can remember X-Men Apocalypse is because I watched it last night. But in the DCEU, I mean, I think maybe Marvel are taking this multiverse a little too far in Phase 4. Yeah, that's that's going to be the big twist when it turns out DC was just Marvel all along. <laughs> I mean, we say that like the plot of the Justice League film isn't just literally the same plot as the Avengers film. Well, yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're going to find out that the, the DCEU prior to James Gunn was actually just part of the MCU but it was all set on Earth nah. yeah Earth actually let's just forget about that one <laughs> yeah Earth let's not go there yeah also I should point out if anyone can hear what sounds like explosions in the background we're not in the middle of like some intergang shootout in Kandak it's just we decided to record on Bonfire Night. Because we know no better. Because some of us definitely weren't granted the wisdom of Solomon. No. Anyway, shall we get into the synopsis? Oh, must we? Well, the, the format of could the show they, says could, yes. Could listeners, could, could listeners not just go back and listen to the synopsis of X-Men Apocalypse? Could you could you not save yourself some time and just go back and edit in? Have we done X-Men Apocalypse? We haven't done X-Men Apocalypse. Oh no, I'm gonna to have to watch Black Adam again. 
regular you... listeners will understand that I've got a, a strange condition whereby, although I know I've seen all the X-Men films, I can never remember them, and I can never remember what happened in each particular one. The only reason I can remember what happens in X-Men Apocalypse now is because I've just watched Black Adam. Yeah, so, so I feel like you're getting better. We've got, like, obviously the Deadpool films, New Mutants, X-Men Apocalypse, and then just the X-Men glob. Ah, no, actually, it, the X-Men Apocalypse thing is just because I've watched Black Adam, right? By tomorrow, oh, because, because I've watched be Black Adam, then podcasted, I think it's actually precursoring the film with the words X-Men. Logan could remember it clearly. New can remember it clearly. So if we just cover a film called Two, that one you're going to be able to remember. Yeah. Although I'll probably, like some sort of crazy American, wonder what happened to the film One. Yeah, that's the dark side. Also, I will say we have technically. No, I think that's the wrong franchise. <laughs> and then, and then I'd have to review a film called Three: The Last, The Last Stand. I, I don't know if it's even called X Men. I think it's just called X Men: The Last Stand. Oh, is it? So that would have to be the last stand. Um, and then Origins Wolverine. Oh, I could get. I could live with that one. Yeah, that, that one actually works. Yeah. Did they do any other X-Men Origins? Or did they just go, that would that one didn't work? Step yeah, no. That. <laughs> there was an X-Men Origins Magneto planned. And then that got kind of... Sh- well, I guess that kind of became X-Men First Class. Right. But yeah, X- X-Men Origins died a death after Wolverine was... Well, after it was X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> right. But anyway, all we'll just do is we'll rank Black Adam and then we'll just give X-Men Apocalypse the same spot. Excellent. Will that cause a problem as they try to coexist in the same sort of spatial coordinates? I mean... They're like two TARDISes fighting for the same landing spot. Yeah, I mean, if all of reality gets blinked out of existence by it, is that really such a bad thing? Well, it's probably just Thanos having a bit of a shockwave. There you go. Destroying Earth. Anyway, spoilers for the synopsis. So, in... 2600 BC, Emperor Acton conquers Kandak for its reserves of the magical element Eternium, which he needs to complete the crown of Sabak. A young slave boy is given the powers of Shazam and uses them to kill Acton and free Kandak. In the present, Kandak is occupied by a global crime syndicate intergang. They're on the lookout for a person of interest, archaeologist Adriana Tomaz, played by Sarah Shahi. Did you get what I did, Mick? What? Because she was in the TV show Person of Interest. Was she? I never watched it. 
You should. It, it was good. Was it? All right. It was, yeah. I, I might pick it up. Now that the CW Arrowverse is dead. Or dying. Yeah, exactly. Go watch Jesus. Sushim Guys Star in the Girl, the latest to be cancelled. Oh, is that gone as well? Yeah, after this season. Yeah. Actually, fun fact, you know, Scott Stargirl was supposed to be in this film. Was she? Yeah, but then Jeff Johns stepped in and said, nope, I'm doing a TV show. You can't have her. Well. Anyway, Adriana tracks down the crown of Sebak in order to keep her out of Intergang's hands. However, she is betrayed by her friend Ishmael, played by Marwan Kanzari, who leads the mercenaries to the crown's tomb, which is also the tomb of Teth Adam, the hero who defeated Acton, and is, of course, played by the most electrifying man in sports entertainment himself, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So, Adriana invokes the name of Shazam, freeing Adam, who then slaughters the intergang troops. Uh, reports of Adam's rampage reach Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis, who decides that she that he is a threat. So she calls in the greatest heroes of the DCEU, the Justice League. Oh, wait, no, sorry, the Justice Society. The, the greatest heroes of the DCEU that haven't actually made it onto screen yet because no one cared. I like the justices. Maybe the world would be a better place if we'd had the Justice Society instead of the Justice League. So Ant-Man turns up. Now, that's that's not fair, Mick. You know, Followed by Storm. You know full well <laughs> that the Justice Society consists of a patriotic bird-themed hero, a supreme <laughs> sorcerer, a wise-cracking size-changer, and a weather manipulator. Very different from the Avengers in Horse of Storm. So yes, specifically, the Justice Society is Hawkman, played by Aldous Hodge, Doctor Fate, played by Piers Brosnan, Atom Smasher, played by Noah Centineo, and Cyclone, played by the amazingly named Quintessa Swindell. Oh, that is a great name. It is. That's it's, that's a film in itself, isn't it? It is. The Quintessa Swindle. I think it might be. <gasps> oh my god, that could be the sequel to the Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> You've even got Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. There. <laughs> and actually, we we do a callback. It turns out he was Professor. Fe uh, he was Doctor Fate in that all along. I mean, he did say he had a very long life. Yeah. So you'd probably get bored at some point and become, like, an international art thief. Yeah. Anyway, just as <laughs> Society and Black Adam have a big, long punch-up, but then Adriana's child-shaped plot device, Amon, played by Bodhi Sabanqui... <laughs> child-shaped plot device. <laughs> That's it. You broke me. It's fine. I mean, I think Black Adam had your clothes anyway. Played play by Barney McGuffin. I mean, he, he may as well be. He's kidnapped by Ishmael. Of course, Ishmael. The, you know, the very Middle East-sounding Ishmael. Yes. yes. Who threatens to kill him unless they hand over the crown. Adriana does so, but Ishmael tries to shoot Amon anyway, only for Adam to stop the bullet. 
He then unleashes his powers on Intergang, killing Ishmael, but also accidentally injuring Amon in the process. Adam reveals to Hawkman that his son Herut was the boy given powers by Shazam, but then but that he gave them to Adam to save his life, resulting in Herut's own death. In his rage, Adam killed Acton and destroyed the royal palace. Realising that his destructive nature is harming innocents, Adam gives up his powers and allows himself to be imprisoned in a task force ex black site. Meanwhile, Ishmael awakes in hell. Actually, I'm just going to pause and take a sip of water. That's better. I'll probably cut that bit out. Or yeah. maybe I won't. I mean, to be fair, it's the most scintillating bit of plot so far. It is, but we're, we're nearly done. It's the least formulaic bit of the plot so far. Actually, yeah, I think that's the closest thing to a plot twist we've had, isn't it? <laughs> okay, meanwhile, Ishmael awakes in hell, his plan having been to let Adam kill him so that the demons can grant him the powers of Sebak. Reborn as Tim Curry in legend, he defeats the Justice Society and attacks Kandak. Actually, that's that's not very fair. That's that's an insult to no, Tim Curry in legend, Tim isn't Curry it? Tim Curry in legend is good. I don't think the special effects are better. <laughs> so, Dr. Fate frees Adam and convinces him to be a hero before sacrificing himself trying to stop Sebek. Then Black Adam rips Sebek in half like a phone book and everything's fine. And then in the post-credits, Henry Cavill shows up as Superman. And him yeah. and Black Adam are probably going to have a fight at some point which I bet is going to end up in an unsatisfying draw. Do you think Black Adam's mum's called Martha as well? Probably. <laughs> or a Middle Eastern equivalent thereof. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like any issues I have with this film would be immediately resolved if in the <laughs> sequel Black Adam just goes, save Martha. <laughs> and then Henry Cavill just puts his hands on his What are the odds? <laughs> you are shitting me. <laughs> Gets out his phone and goes, Bruce, Bruce, come here, mate. You've got to see this. You would not believe this. <laughs> that just leads to like them attacking like the main villain's hideout. And every goon they fight, like a little wallet pops out, which is a picture of their mother in it, and yeah. just a little from Martha on it. <laughs> That's it. That's what DC are building. They're, they're building the extended Martha-verse, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's their big plan. <laughs> Before we get into the discussion, I'm, I'm going to say something that I think is going to be controversial. Okay. I actually think, from a technical perspective, Black Adam's fine. It is. It's fine. But it's also got if, a lot of problems, and those problems are quite fun to talk about. If... if... If we weren't in the middle of a sort of golden age for comic book films, if we were back in the dark days of like 
eight, where we hadn't even had Superman yet. It would have been great. Yeah. You'd I mean, it's, it's it funny. All its flaws. As, as much as we joked about the X-Men, this really does feel comparable to, like, the first X-Men film or something like mm. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think, I think the problem is we now live, like I said, we live in this golden age of comic book movies where the heroes that we all know and love, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, the X-Men, etc. We can get stoked up for those. You know, we are all familiar with their adventures. If we get wind that a particular storyline's being done, we go, ooh. And then we find out that XYZ director's been attached to it and such and such is going to star in it and it starts to build the excitement and stuff. And you think, this could really... This could really be something. And then then you prepare yourself for the fact that it could be a complete train wreck and, and not meet those expectations. And we we kind of prepare for that. But also, if it does meet those expectations, it's absolutely awesome. Black Adam has the thing of, it's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson attached to it. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a person who acts and is in a particular type of film. Yeah, I was going to, specifically Dwayne the Rock Johnson is in Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies, yeah. and this is very much a Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie. I mean, you'd have been surprised to see, see him turn up in three billboards outside Ebbing, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'd, I'd maybe say that's that's a little bit outside his acting range, isn't it? Yeah. So, the thing is, this is like a superhero that you've barely heard of being played by this massive action star. It's like it's like if you cast Dwayne the Drop Johnson as Iron Man back in 2008. A lot of people, when Iron Man was coming out, went, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is mad to think back in 2008 when Iron Man was like a B-list Marvel superhero and not like the most recognisable name on the planet. Yeah, and it, you know, I don't think this film or any spin-offs are going to do for Black Adam what I am, what Iron Man did for Iron Man, uh, because we're we're beyond that. If it had been brought out in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, it might have done, but we're beyond that point now. Yeah, exactly. It's because. Back then, just the idea of a superhero movie was quite novel. Yeah. And that's really all this film has going for it, is it's just another superhero film. Yeah. yeah. Because, like we've said, the big thing is that, oh no, he's, he's not a, like your average goody two-shoes. He kills people. Yeah. But actually, like most superhero films do that now. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's been a recurring problem of Marvels is that they keep killing off their main villains. Yes, yeah, and um, you know, we've seen the anti-heroes doing it for a while now, but now even the heroes are doing it. But you know, do we need another anti-hero in the in the 
cinematic world really now if heroes are allowed to be a little bit naughty once you've had your R-rated superhero movie, you don't really need anti-heroes anymore, do you? Yeah, well, even... Because I think Black Adam, like, they have done some interesting stuff in the comics with him. But he's kind of, he's a lot more... I just like to think of him as DC's Doctor Doom. Right. Like, he's someone who's very much, I love my country, I'm going to protect my country... But that also means maybe the best way to do that is if I just take over the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of, he's always just kind of on that line between hero and villain. Not just, yeah, I'm a pretty nice guy, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a grumpy Gus every now and then. And, and, that, and that's fine, I guess. But the way to do that is to properly introduce him in someone else's movie. Yeah, exactly. Like he works better as a foil, ideally for the Justice Society, because that's like mainly where he's had most of his good stuff. Mm. Basically, if this was like maybe the Justice Society two, yeah, I think this would be a better film. Yeah, with a setup in the post-credit sequence of Justice Society one. Yeah. Justice Society of uh, Justice Society of America Assemble. Or even make like a big whole thing, like maybe introduce Black Adam as just like a flat out villain to start with, mm. but then he decides to and then watch him grow. Yeah, and then you can have that more big emotional moment where it's like, you know what, heroes, I like you guys and we get along, but I don't agree with your methods. I think it's best if I just like wage a full on war to liberate Kandak. Yeah. Because that's, again, essentially what happened in the comics, and it was quite interesting. Yeah. And I think... I think the problem with it is it's... It's almost cliched when it tries to twist as well. When it tries to throw throw you a curveball, it's the curveball you expect, and it's the curveball you expect because it's the curveball you've been thrown by Indiana Jones... Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, <laughs> Last Crusade, and that bloody silly one with the aliens in. Yeah, I mean... The Kingdom of the Crystal Shield of Earth, that was it. No, nah, I think you've just made that film up. It doesn't sound like a real film to me. <laughs> God, Shield of Birth, King of the Monkeys. <laughs> but yeah I mean it's even because you get that bit at the start where Adriana's like going into the tomb in full on Lara Croft cosplay like she's got the whole light blue yeah. tank top on but but have you not noticed that I, I said this to, to my missus the other day she she watches a lot of the, the History Channel documentary Lara Croft cosplay has now become the uniform for archaeology yeah, who knew she was so ahead of the curve? Yeah, it, it's like you, you you watch the um, you watch like Secrets of the Pit Pharaohs on like BBC Four late at night. There's some like Doctor of Archaeology 
paraded around in cargo shorts and a base layer with some like, you know, a backpack on her back and bits dangling from a belt with, you know, compasses and bits and pieces of tools and stuff. Yeah, and then back home she has a butler locked in a freezer. Yeah, and, you know, you think, it's all right if she slips in this passageway, she'll just respawn. So maybe that's why they do it. <laughs> to save on archaeologists. <laughs> but yeah, that is that. Honestly, I kid you not. You watch any of those documentaries or even just the trailers for them, they're all dressed the same now. I mean, we joke, but it probably is genuinely like a whole generation who have grown up playing the Tomb Raider games, and that's inspired them to get into archaeology. And yeah. then they've gone. You know what, I'm just going to dress like Lara Croft now. Yeah. And that's more interesting than Black Adam. Mate, there are coffee stains on my coffee table that are more interesting than Black Adam. Yeah. So let's have a think about all the tropes that they... Um, plagiarised from other films there's the language that's a bit like other languages but not quite yeah oh you've got one of my favourites um, guy from ancient civilization who gets brought into the modern day but also just happens to speak perfectly fluent English yeah yeah but then he is imbued with the powers of sorcerer that might have something to do with that yeah, that yeah, sure. Let's just say it's because he's got special god powers. Yeah, and also because comics. Because comics. Oh, oh, we've got the one trope that I pray to God we'd seen the end of. The villain who goes, "Ah, you thought you'd beaten me, hero, but this was my plan all along." Yes, if only Ishmael had had a twiddly moustache. So that he could rub the ends of it and go, <laughs> Yeah, it is. I know Adriana is supposed to be quite an intelligent character, but it's hard to take her seriously when she's got such an obviously evil friend. Yes. Yeah. Um, we've touched on child shit, McGuffin, her mom. Yeah, we've got, oh, we've got a main character who literally says, I'm not a hero, and then does some heroic stuff. Yes. Uh, we essentially have a repeat of the Captain Bullock scene from um, the original Superman movie. Yeah. And he... As oh! In front of Amon. Also, that reminds me, because he's got that other scene when he's getting shot and he like moves his hand about and catches all the bullets. Yeah. And that bugged me for some reason. And it's because it's basically just Wonder Woman blocking all the bullets with a bracelet. Yes. And also why is he doing that? His face is bulletproof. Like what, yes. what why even bother to block them with your hand? Yeah. Because 
just standing there taking it wouldn't have been exciting visually, would it? No. And it's, and it's like the bit where they do the good, the bad, and the ugly, like, gunfighting thing. Yeah. It's like, what's, what's the point of that? Like, who cares if the bad guy outdraws Black Adam? The bullets just, just like, bounce off him. <laughs> Also, I thought that you mentioned Intergang. It didn't really get set up, did it? I mean, didn't it get set up. Get, they get mentioned as private mercenaries quite early on. And then it's a, a kind of throwaway line about a third of the way through the film where someone says, and it's a wash with Intergang. All right, it's them, is it? <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm confused. Was Ishmael, like, in charge of Intergang? Well, is it, is it Mannheim? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, Bruno Mannheim in the comics is, like, the head of Intergang. Yeah, well, maybe he was, I don't know, taking a sabbatical. Yeah, because, like, you said they're not set up, they're also not paid off, they just disappear. Yeah, they're just like... They're... They're more of a, a ragged group of individuals than a gang. Yeah, they're, they're just goons. Yeah. And not the funny radio kind that lasts forever. No, that's Goonies. Wait, no, it's not. That is the Goonies. No, that's, eight and eight, that's an 80s movie. It's not a radio show. Look, look, my brain's quite fried. I had to watch Black Adam and then had to try and remember what happened in the film Black Adam. Oh, it's what I call the X-Men effect. Well, I'm genuinely, like, I wrote the synopsis an hour, two hours after seeing the film, and bugger me, I could not remember a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I felt it was... If Black Adam is that powerful, what's the point of sending three striplings from, from the DC X-Men Academy to go take him down? Yeah, because Hawkman even makes a whole thing of, we've got to take Black Adam down, he's too dangerous to be let loose. And then I'm going to assemble a team of four people, two of which are actual children who, like, very <laughs> pointedly, haven't had any combat experience. Yeah. Like, I think they definitely they do say it sometimes. It's, yeah, you didn't, didn't do too bad for your first fight. Yeah. And I think, you know, really, would you do that? Oh, wait, the whole point about Waller, the thing that we've set up about Waller in the last, is it three films she's been in now? is that she's a cold and darkly calculating piece of work. She's not going to go, right, okay, I need to send children up against this veritable god. Yeah. Also, why is she sending the Justice Society and not, like, the Suicide Squad? Why does she even know the Justice... Who are the Justice Society? Yes. Why isn't this set up better? You don't get any real intro to Dr. Fate. You don't get any real intro to Hawkman. 
Um, you get a little bit to Atom Smasher because you have to, so that you don't think he's Ant Man. And you don't, you get a little bit of intro to Cyclone, but again, because you need to distinguish her from Storm. Yeah, and even though I think the most we get in terms of origins is Cyclone offhandedly mentions that a scientist filled her up with nanobots and that's why she can control the wind. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a very similar origin story um, in that a scientist filled me up with beans and that's why I can't control the wind. And there, there was me cutting out a whole wind joke from the synopsis because I thought, no, even for me, that's too bad taste. And that's why I'm here. You, sir, are welcome. That's why we're such a great team. <laughs> but yeah, to be fair, though, I can see why they wouldn't give you any backstory on Hawkman, because his backstory is the worst thing ever. Well, which one? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, was that Thanagarian Hawkman, or was that... Ancient Egyptian Hawkman. Yes. Hawkman, the man who is a reincarnation of the ancient Egyptian pharaoh Khufu, or he's an alien from the planet Danagar, or he's both, or neither. You decide. Yeah. It's also weird, because in the comics, Hawkman, Doctor Fate, and Atom Smasher are all quite closely tied to Black Adam. But then they kind of don't do anything with that in the film. No. It's almost like they've just chosen a random hodgepodge of Justice League, Justice Society characters that they could get their hands on because the team was only introduced in a later draft of the script. How dare you suggest such a thing? Shocking, I know. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is, it, it's that whole thing. It's, it's almost like the build-up to... This is another one of those DC films that feel, feels like it should have been a TV show. In that you needed eight or nine episodes to build up the Justice Society, Waller's involvement, Intergang's involvement, Black, uh, Black Adam, I nearly called him Black Adder there. That'd be a nice crossover, oh, that's, wouldn't it? That's a very different film. Oh, Rowan Atkinson as Black Adam. You can hear the theme tune now, can't you? <laughs> Black, Black Adam, Black Adam. <laughs> He's such a grumpy boy. Black Adam, Black Adam. I mean, we've already fixed the film. We have. Is Rowan available? I mean, probably. What's he do? Like, surely he's not doing another Johnny English. Don't know that. Don't you think the time's just right? We've just had a Bond film where Bond dies. You're right, there's a void needing to be filled. (laughs) 
But he's already done Johnny English reborn, hasn't he? Johnny English reborn again. Also, just thinking about it, I feel like a superpowered Rowan Atkinson makes a lot more sense as a thing that the Justice Society needs to step in and stop. And and the other thing is, it does that thing again that annoys me with superheroes, right? If he is super strong because he's imbued with the powers of a deity, why does he need to be a unit? If Superman is super strong because of the effect of Earth's yellow sun, why does he have to be a man who works out at the gym 48 hours or a day? Yeah, that's that's very much a thing. I would, because, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, he doesn't need these insane washboard abs. Yeah, makes sense for Batman. He's an ordinary man who trains himself to that kind of level. That yeah. makes sense. So and I think that's actually a really a great thing. Like, that would be a great thing with Superman and Batman because it says a lot about them if you've got like Batman and he's this super toned, like every single muscle in his body has been perfectly trained. Yeah. And then you've got Superman who's just like kind of a big guy. Yeah. You know, but, I'm not saying he, he can't be a big bloke. But he shouldn't be hugely honed. And Black Adam's the same. It doesn't need to be a former wrestler. Yeah. I mean, I guess he does in this film, though, because the alternative is we get a whole film of The Rock's head awkwardly CGI'd onto another body. <laughs> hey, DC have done it before. It wouldn't be DC's first foray into... Awkward CGI in a film where Henry Cavill makes an appearance. Oh, no. No, it certainly wouldn't. <laughs> but it's also, like, it's essentially the same thing as they did with Chris Evans in the first Captain America film. And that was, like, 2009. Mm. And how does this look so much worse than that? <laughs> Is it just because The Rock has a very big head? Could be, could be. Have we said anything good about this film yet? Um, the sand's really sandy. It certainly is. I, I liked Piers Brosnan. Yeah. He was again. He, and, he and wished this was a Justice Society film because I, I want more of that. We've managed to get 48 minutes into recording this episode without mentioning Pierce Brosnan's shiny helmet. And I think that means we've grown as people. My God, are we finally adults? <laughs> I think we are now officially adulting. And by saying that verb, I've just knocked myself backwards 25 years. I mean, I think the Beans joke had already done that. <laughs> no, because that was a mature joke. I called it wind and not farts. Ah, uh, not that smelly bum noise. Yeah. And I think that's undone all my adulting. 
<laughs> to be fair, I think I might have already been disqualified since I I chose to watch this in a cinema. You did. You did choose that. And now I regret my words. How indeed. old was the cinema you watched it in, Andrew? Um, there were two other people. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the largest screen in the cinema. <laughs> and one of them was the usher there. <laughs> also, like, how at the end of the film, all three of us stood up in absolute silence and just kind of trudged out. Largest screen in the cinema of the three people watching Black Adam. Oh. Right. No, seriously, have we got anything good to say about it? Um. I mean, I. I don't think the fight editing was particularly good, but thought some of like the effects of the powers looked pretty good like like hmm. our doctor fate has got all these weird like prismy things yeah and cyclones got kind of like nice colorful stuff going on mm-hmm. atom smasher um apparently stole his mask basically reenacted the giant man scene from civil war he did he did a nice big punch at one point that was fun he did yeah <laughs> Do you know in, in the old days a silence that long would have knocked you off air <laughs> on the radio? <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we can pretend that we were doing it for effect and not because we genuinely can't think of nice things to say about Black Adam. Like it's it's competent. It's it, just... Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think that's someone's first movie straight out of film school. Yeah, it's it's the level of quality I would expect from the director of The Jungle Cruise. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think there's any performances that are particularly bad. Everybody does well... the best they can. I think there's one performance that's particularly bad. Yeah. And this might be a bit unfair, but my God, I wish Black Adam had not blocked that boat and that that child was out my life. Sorry? Just the kid, what's his name? Bodie Thingy Bobs. Bob, Bob McGuffin, the child. Bob McGuffin, the child, yeah. I, I... I thought he was quite bad. I mean, it's always tricky with child actors, isn't it? You know, with the adult actors in a film that gives you nothing to work with, adult actors you'd hope would have enough nows to to work around it. But for a child, you know what what experiences you've got to fall back on when you know he's given nothing in the script. Yeah. Script must have just said, "Look, gormless, camera right." Yeah, 
again, it's another problem where I feel like if this had come out in the mid-2000s, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Mm. But it's because we live in an age now where, like, child actors, people are able to get good performances out of child actors. And this just feels like such a step back. But it does tend to, I, I do find that those good performances tend to come when the material's good as well. Yeah, that's that's true. I'll I'll give you a pass, Bob McGuffin, because you've got nothing to work with. Just this awful mid two thousands skateboarding wisecracking tea. God, I hate skateboard. <laughs> so, we have scenes of him ripping off Back to the Future. Oh, yes, he does. He does the whole hanging onto the side of the car. Yeah. Uh, we've got a rip-off of Lara Croft. We've got a rip-off of X-Men Apocalypse. We've got DC's Cut Price X-Men. Um, so it... I think, ironically enough, the only <laughs> thing this doesn't really rip off is Shazam. Yeah. Shazam barely get it would it not have made more sense for Shazam to turn up with the Shazam family being a nice little leading into Shazam too yeah you would think so but no apparently The Rock has this whole thing about wanting Black Adam to fight Superman okay well he can do that in Black Adam too. There's not going to be a Black Adam 2, is there? I suspect there is going to be a Black Adam 2. Oh, yeah, because Rock's the kind of person who'd fund it. Exactly. He is the kind of guy where if he wants a Black Adam 2, there's going to be a Black Adam 2. Even if it's only in his front room. Even if he needs to make a hundred more red notices to make it happen, it will happen. (laughs) Right. I've imbued my uh, laptop with the power of 240 volts. Excellent. And I guess now we can invoke the wizard's name to do... We're going to rank the film now. Okay. That's about the kind of effort they put into Black Adam's script, so why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. When do you want to start shooting? Thursday. When will the script be ready? Wednesday night? Maybe. I mean, I, I feel like this was a Thursday morning job. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst drinking lots of coffee. <laughs> there was also definitely a moment where one of them went, okay, but how come Black Adam's son doesn't just share his power with Black Adam like Captain Marvel can do with the rest of the Marvel family? And someone said, oh, I don't know, I've not seen Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> anyway we're going to put this on the list of films going from History of Violence to number one History of Violence at number one all the way down to Spawn at number 45 I mean it's not Spawn bad no like we say this isn't a bad film 
it's just a superhero film in a sea of superhero films. Mm. So, I mean, we've mentioned it a few times. Number 25, we've got X-Men. So I think it probably goes around somewhere there-ish. Okay, what's either side of X-Men? Uh, 24, we've got The Old Guard. 26, we've got League of Super Pets. I'd put it... And again, this is more to do with the time that it, the two films came out. I would put it above League of Super Pets, but below X-Men. And The yeah. Old Guard... And the old guard wins out simply because it was an original property that wasn't part of the DC or Marvel universes. And because it had some fun bits. And it had some fun bits. And Charlie's Theron always wins. And Charlie's Theron, the best Wolverine. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Number 26 is X-Men Black Adam Apocalypse. <laughs> so, I think that's probably about it from us. If you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And, you subs- and if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. I told him to cut this bit, just so that he doesn't trip over words like that. But he won't listen to me. I know. I just I need to record a good one. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com. Or in theory, you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. I know we're recording this in November to go out in December. So who knows if it is still going to be a thing by then? At time of recording, you can follow us on. <laughs> At the time of recording, the elongated muskrat hasn't quite driven the website into the ground yet. Is that what it's short for, do you think? I, I assume so. I assume it's like a black uh, black agar bolt gun situation. Right. So, if you are a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and to reach new listeners, even if those listeners who have ears that might be a bit too small for their head. Because I think maybe that's it with Rain Johnson. It's not that he's got a big head, it's just his ears are a bit too small. (laughs) And that's the show. So until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Hello Mick. So long and thanks for listening.